0: I've got a big flood in the north of England. Fresh! And I've got what's playing at the Roxy. I'll te- well, I'll tell you what's playing at the Roxy after
1: during the, the actual bit. Yes. Yes, I will. That's a good idea. Yeah. Nice. I'll save it for then. <laughs>
0: Hello there. Welcome to Date Fight. It's the podcast that takes great things that happened on this day, but in the past, and pitches them against each other, actually. Yes, it is. He is Jake Yap. I am Nat Tapley, and together we have opened two
1: tins of cat food and have placed them in front of you to see which one you'll eat, if either, rather than just rejecting them and pretending you haven't been fed for weeks. I have a cat. I
0: can't go on. <laughs> I love that. Round one.
1: right, I'm going to take you to the 11th of March, 1927, and the opening of the Roxy Theatre in New York City, which was meant to be the world's largest and finest movie palace. It was opened by Samuel L. Rotherfell, whose nickname was Roxy, and it had 6,000 seats, and it went $2.5 million over budget in
0: 1927, dollars, which is quite a lot of dollars. That's like $4 million, yeah. yeah. Um
1: it was the it had the world's largest oval rug it had a pipe <laughs> organ in the mezzanine there were two stories of private dressing rooms three stories of chorus dressing rooms there was a staff dry cleaning there was a cafeteria gymnasium a billiard room a tap room for the staff there was a library and shoe shining uh, I know. Probably that was probably just a child. That's probably not a run. <laughs> um, there was a rising orchestra pit with room for a hundred and twenty performers. Uh, that, That's amazing. Yeah, and there uh, were an organ with three consoles, which could be played simultaneously. So you could have three people simultaneously playing the organ um, <laughs> every week. That,
0: three people on one organ.
1: <laughs> I've seen a video like that. Um, <laughs> Where? I'm not telling. Where? Uh, Where? <laughs> They had uniformed ushers who were daily drilled by a retired marine sergeant. And every week there was the Roxy Hour, broadcast from the Roxy Theatre New York on NBC. However, with the Wall Street crash in 1929, nobody had any money. And so very quickly it ran out of money and had to do other things, like they had to build an ice skating rink in it. Um, Samuel Rotherfell, Roxy, moved took his dance troupe and moved down the road to the RKO Radio City Music Hall in 1932 and he started the Radio City Music Hall and made that the venue that it is today. But the Roxy, which at the time was the most famous cinema in the world, fell into disuse and is currently a TGI Fridays.
0: Oh, that's very sad.
1: It is a bit, isn't it?
0: Is it a TGI Fridays with a three-console organ and a drill sergeant? (laughs) I
1: don't think so. It may have a child to shine your shoes, but that's about it. For legal reasons, no, it doesn't. Right? <laughs> what do you
0: got? I'm—I've got something uh, very unhappy and sad. Bye bye. No. It's the eleventh of March, eighteen sixty-four, and I'm there. the Great Sheffield Flood. Oh. It kills. I'm sad to report two hundred thirty-eight people. Oh. And only due to idiocy. Oh. So there was this <laughs> newly built dam It was called the Dale Dyke Dam mm-hmm. Because Dale Dyke we, dam. Love, we a bit of alliteration Yeah, And it was indeed in 3D And they were filling the dam for the first time How do you fill a dam? Yes, how do you fill a dam? Well, what you do is you build a dam mm-hmm. With a hole in the bottom yeah. You know, and a tap And okay. then you turn <laughs> the tap off okay. When you're ready to fill up the dam Right. So... Uh, there was this guy, John Gunson. He was the resident engineer there. And they were filling up this dam yeah. in the evening. And uh, Gunson said, uh, There's a quite a big crack <laughs> in the outer slope of the embankment. Oh. And they went, Well, you're the engineer. And then Gun- Gunson said to himself, Now nah, I'll turn the tap on a bit. <laughs> and then the bell, right. Yeah. So he opened up the valves in the middle of the embankment to allow more water through. Yeah, and oh, the crack's not bad. The crack's all right. The crack. Mm. Whoops, Daisy. <laughs> there go three million cubic meters of water. It destroyed everything in its course. So uh, it was the the centre of the town of uh, Low Bradfield. It uh, destroyed uh, a district called Wicker. And uh, it was a really horrendous thing. And I'm very sorry. But a gift to alliteration-loving headline writers who
1: could write, Dale Dyke Dam Drowns Dozens.
0: Yeah, I think, wasn't Dale's Dyke Dam a 90s game show with Dale Winton? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Dale Dam's dozens. Let's
0: meet our lucky... No, no. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'd like to reassure people that I Sound Drunk and I am a little <laughs> bit drunk but I'm mainly tired okay. <laughs> two days back uh, <laughs> yeah but i only a little bit drunk mostly let's tired let's
1: do the birthdays happy birthday. you can have a snooze while I do them. happy birthday <laughs> to happy birthday to John Barrowman oh, happy birthday you know. John Barrowman uh, no, I love you, you now I love you too uh, John Barrowman who really I'm sorry did I say something who <laughs> <laughs> embodies musical theatre being hollow expensive and much more comfortable with thuddingly o- obvious exposition than any real emotion happy birthday John Barrowman <laughs> happy birthday wait why are you why are you so
0: not a fan of John Barrowman
1: he's he's, he's, uh, he's everything I dislike about musical theatre what And I don't dislike much. Why? Because he takes the glee and makes it sanitised and makes it applicable, acceptable to a family audience and charges you a lot for it. And there's nothing real going on behind the eyes apart from a sort of slight desperation that maybe you're not noticing this enough and enjoying it enough. And it all seems rather fragile and hollow and... I've gone too far with this. I'm revealing far too much. Okay,
0: happy birthday, though. No, it's, it's interesting. B- <laughs> I love that you say. I love that you say he sanitizes stuff when he's the guy who uh, I think posted on his profile picture or something on some kind of, you know, meet up with friends yeah. forum of some kind. I've got a hungry. <laughs> and that donkey has never looked back. Uh, <laughs> happy birthday to you, John Barrowman. I'm I did not mean if it had.
1: <laughs> who would it have seen? <laughs> I didn't mean a word. You're a lovely man. And don't let this affect in any way your sense of self-worth. Happy birthday. I like John Barrowman. Okay. Happy birthday to Ral Walsh, who we discussed before. He was the actor who played was in the first gangster film in 1915. He played John Wilkes Booth in Birth of a Nation. And he was playing the Cisco Kid when a jackrabbit jumped through the window of his Attacked him. Oh, yeah. And he lost the part to uh, Warner Baxter, who got the Oscar for it. Um, still, he went on to be a director who wore an eye patch, which is possibly the coolest thing to be an eye wearing <laughs> director. There's <laughs> only one eye in director. Yep. Yeah. Uh, happy birthday to Henry Tate, a businessman and philanthropist according to Wikipedia. He started Tate and Lyle, and I really looked to find out to find if he were really evil in some way, and I couldn't find anything apart from, obviously, the basic evil of being involved in the sugar trade, which probably involves enforced labour and the fattening of people, but apart from that, he gave all of his money away, pretty much. He started the Tate Gallery, he gave his entire collection of art to the state, he funded many education charities and hospitals, he purchased the patent for making sugar cubes, um, yes, yeah, so I've probably gone off the boil, because Henry Tate seems like he was probably an OK Victorian. That's incredible. Mm, maybe the first yeah. one we've had. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he gave all of his money to good works, and he was interested in his workers' conditions. He um, uh, organised days off for them. Uh, yeah, he seems like generally a good Victorian. We found one. And he was very good in torch, weren't that? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody was very good in Torchwood. You take that
0: back. <laughs> I like Torchwood. Captain to Gwen was terrible. They were all awful. Oh, wow. Ugh. Mate, which part were you up for? <laughs> Let's not talk about it. Happy Death Day. Happy
1: Death Day to Friedrich Wilde. Were you, were you <laughs> your love interest? No, it was Yanto <laughs> Jones. Uh, <laughs> Happy death day to Friedrich Murnau the World War One flying ace turned director. He didn't have an eye patch. He just directed Nosferatu and Faust and other things. <laughs> <laughs> Happy death day to <laughs> King Bodolpaya, King of Burma until his death in 1819. He had 62 sons and 58 daughters. Take that, Henry VIII, you idiot! That's exactly 100.
0: <laughs> it's 110. I know. I was okay. No, it's not. It's 120. Is it? You alright? right. It's 120. <laughs> <laughs> we're both terrible. I'm d- wait. I'm drunk, slash tired. I've just been
1: infected What's by up the with you? glee with which we're oh, so happily nice. setting fire to the format.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'll be back tomorrow. I promise. Happy birthday. I genuinely you. didn't realise I was in this state before we began. <laughs>
1: Death day to Elogabalus. He's everyone's favourite Roman Empire, the priest from the east. He was made emperor when he was 14 years old, and oddly enough, his reign was known for sex scandals. He was married five times, took male lovers, prostituted himself out in the imperial palace. Um, to which the answer was, don't make a 14 year old boy the emperor. Yeah, <laughs> everything will, be, He. they will have sex with everything. <laughs> make it policy that everyone else he has had, to
0: I heard he had one he had one hugely opulent ornate room in the palace <laughs> yeah. that had nothing but three day old pot noodles in it is <laughs> that pictures right pictures of
1: Janet Ellis yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway he was assassinated wow, at age 18 <laughs> assassinated at age 18 with his mother and they were thrown in the time happy death day to Elo Gabalus <laughs> oh my <sighs>
0: Oh god (laughs) Um, uh, I take you to the eleventh of march two thousand four now I hope it's another big death and many (laughs) die as bombs destroy (laughs) trains in Madrid Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that's right. Two thousand people in total dead or injured I mean absolutely seismically awful. Uh, in the end, they mm. realised uh, they, they were sort of reports were like there's been a bomb, two bombs, four bombs now. Uh, there were ten bombs. It was an extremely well coordinated attack, and the thing was that the police had actually twelve days earlier intercepted a van bound for Madrid packed with explosives, mm. uh, and they were like, "Oh, it's fine, it's ETA." Uh, I mean, yeah. obviously they impounded the explosives. Like, this, this is definitely ETA. Um, and in fact, they publicly blamed ETA, but it wasn't them. It was uh, at um. least one group claiming they had links to Al-Qaeda. Oh. So, and they did find... Uh, an Arabic tape with Quranic quotes found in a suspect van near Madrid.
1: That's more than enough evidence for us. That's all we need and, to know. Yeah,
0: I mean, a letter by Al Qaeda was sent to a London newspaper that did refer to some attacks that, that the code name of which was called Operation Death Trains. Which <laughs> <laughs> <This> might be a clue. Uh, what's so, that about then? Uh, give me a bit more
1: information about Operation Death Trains.
0: Yeah. Three days later, mm-hmm. uh, the government was toppled uh, in an election because uh, the public felt they'd been misled because they'd said that Etta was to blame. So um, it, it actually changed the whole administration. And that's why I win, guys. I I'm win. am going to take you to the 11th. Winning feels good. <laughs> the 11th of march
1: 1708 when queen anne vetoed the scottish militia bill it was a bill to arm the scottish militia Uh, had passed both houses and but then news came that france was planning on invading and queen anne didn't want the scots to have any arms so she refused to sign it and it was vetoed and that was the last time the monarch vetoed a bill um they say that they, we say that was the last time monarch vetoed a bill. However, the current Queen, in 1999, just refused to sign a private member's bill in which was to transfer official war-making power from the monarch to Parliament. Um... Her spokesman said, "Oh no, we've never. She's never vetoed a a government bill, but she does quite regularly pass her eye over non-government bills, private members' bills, and decide whether or not she feels like signing them. So, although 1708 was the last time the monarch ever vetoed a bill that had or refused to give royal assent to a bill that had passed the House of Commons, it wasn't. It happens all the time. Uh, Over the past ten years, the Queen and Prince Charles have had to approve changes to child benefits, to national insurance, to paternity leave." to all sorts of things. Um, more than a dozen bills between 2007 and 2009 were quick. Prince Charles had a quick look at before they actually got to go through the House of Commons. Anyway, that Frikey. was 1708, the last time the monarchy interfered in government. Or mm. was it? Was it? Yeah. Orders in Council. I mean, You've already done Orders in Council. That was months ago we did Orders in
0: Council. Yes, <sighs> we've done the people of Diego Garcia. Is yes. that what I mean? It was Diego yes. Garcia, yep. That's right. Orders Amazing. in council
1: and all the rest. What a brilliant yeah. system
0: we've got! It's working so well, mate. It's actually one of the best. Ah, oh, whatever. <laughs> right. Uh, speaking of <laughs> speaking of democracies, yes. Um, if, if if maybe just run the results of this week's votes by me before you announce <laughs> them on Sunday's show, net. <laughs> okay, maybe. Yeah, you could take more. a look at them
1: because they do affect oh, you. Just a quick look. Yeah, just so a you will have to sign them off.
0: Yeah, that'd be great uh, you can vote on today's earth uh, <coughs> can you do yes you can vote oh, at, at, so uh, on
1: twitter at, at date underscore fight or at facebook.com forward slash date fight at both of those places not facebook you won't because you can't put polls on facebook anymore because facebook are awful you why can did they find do that that's, they just... that's bizarre it saved me a lot of work though, so it's always Thanks, Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> I know and you have to do half the adding. Uh, do vote, vote, join in. Um, and if you really enjoyed today's show, go to slash datefight
0: and give us some money. That would be lovely.
1: Thank you very much. See you soon. Bye.
0: Yes, by the way, um, we are just about to start recording our bonus podcast. Yes. Uh, for Patreons, uh, Two mm. Dads in the History Shed uh it's getting a shoes. bit of a cult following so yes, uh if you want to get your hands on this month uh now's a great time to sign up what's the address for patreon one more time Nat, and it's patreon.com forward slash date fight there you go we will see you tomorrow for another one you take tomorrow. care bye bye hold it together yeah. <laughs> christ <laughs> i love you i'm sorry i love
1: you too that's all right